Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. We're going to start out the show by thanking our patrons who contributed over at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This week we had Mark, Craig, Nicole, Julie, Jessica, Michael, Tom, Teresa, Brittany, Meg, Lux, Chastity, Liz, and Natalie. Thanks, guys. Thank you guys so much. Okay, Desi. Well, this week we're going to be talking about a rapper who was on his way to becoming the next big thing back in 1999 when a crime happened that completely derailed his career. This is a wild story. I can't believe that it's been just over 20 years since this happened because I remember it like it was yesterday. And I'm sure you do too. I can't wait to hear the story. So we are going to be talking about on this episode is Shine. That is his stage name, of course, but he was born Jamal Michael Barrow on November 8th, 1978 to Francis Mivet and Dean Barrow, and he is of Ethiopian Jewish descent on his mother's side. Jamal was born in Belize, where he lived until he was seven. His mother, Frances, left Belize for Brooklyn for work, and when her son was three, uh, Jamal was taken care of by his father and subsequently his uncle until he ended up joining his mother in the States just a few years later. His father, Dean, was a successful attorney who had his own firm in Belize City. And by 1983, Dean Barrow entered politics, winning his race for city council. This was the start of a decades-long political career in Belize. Jamal's uncle, Michael, was also a politician. Now, life wasn't always easy for young Jamal Barrow growing up in the Flatbush area of Brooklyn. His mother struggled to make ends meet. She worked as a housekeeper and also had other jobs as well. It was just the two of them there together. Shine's mom told XXL Magazine years later, quote, I was a very strict mom, very strict mom, he can tell you, but he was really sometimes on his own. I go to work in the morning, I come home at eight o'clock, he'd go to his grandmother, but my mother had to work too. So when Jamal comes home from school, he's there alone until eight o'clock in the nighttime. This was till he was 15. It was really, really hard. And he didn't have the parental guidance. It was like he was on his own most of the time. It's not because that's what I wanted or that I wasn't a good parent. I had to work to pay the bills. So I didn't have to go on welfare because that is not in my system. I don't want to live on nobody and I got to do what I got to do. So I would go and clean people's homes. In my country, I was a teacher, a third grade teacher, but I came. I was prepared to do what I had to do to take care of my boy. It still wasn't all that good. After I paid the bills, sometimes food was limited, very limited, but I had to work and I did the best I can. Now, when Shine was 15 years old, he was shot in the shoulder and chest during an argument with someone out on the street, and this left him with a six-inch scar. 
So okay. he had a pretty, I've seen this scar. It's pretty gnarly looking yeah. on his shoulder and chest area. This incident prompted his mother to move them out of the neighborhood and into another part of Brooklyn. By this time, Jamal began writing poetry and discovering his talent as a rapper. And then he would adopt the stage name Shine. I'm going to be referring to him as Shine okay. for the rest of the episode. When he was 18, Shine was discovered while he was rapping in a barber shop by Don Pooh, who used to manage Foxy Brown. And in 1998, he was signed to Puff Daddy's record label, Bad Boy, which at the time was like the hottest record label. Right. I mean, Bad Boy artists were all over MTV. It was like if you were signed to Puffy's label... I mean, and at this time, he was, like, already a hip-hop mogul. Totally. He wasn't just, like, you know, Biggie's sidekick anymore. He no. Was, he was, like, making so much fucking money. And he had his own career as a rapper. He did. <laughs> he well, I'm not saying... I'm saying he, he had hits, though. He did, he did have hits. Yeah. He did have lots of hits. And he had that album that came out in 1997 following Biggie's death. Right. That had his smash hit, I'll Be Missing You, (laughs) with the police sample. Yeah. No, that's where I remember knowing who he was, like, after Biggie's death. Right. Well, his career, I feel like, as a solo artist, obviously exploded after that. Um, I also remember Bad Boys for Life. Oh, yeah, that came out a few years later. Yeah. Because it's Bad Boys for Life. We ain't going Going nowhere. nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Look... Puff Daddy, he was like a big star. He was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. that's not to say he's still very successful, right? But this where he was like in the forefront at this point. Like I would say, absolutely, we don't really see him as much, even though he's still rich and doing a lot of stuff and still yeah. famous. Obviously, he. I mean, he was like a bona fide star, yeah. at this point, and uh, you know, look, he wasn't. Was he a great rapper? No, <laughs> but he was an incredible businessman. And he did his thing. He could. He knew what to sample. <laughs> he knew what to sample. He knew to sample Diana Ross. Yeah, I mean, come and on. he signed a bunch of artists to Bad Boy Mace. Yeah, I mean, Junior Mafia. Like they had, like if you were on Bad Boy and you're like an East Coast rapper, it was the that label, was yeah. that was the label at the time. So Shine essentially gets signed immediately. Like. Puff Daddy heard him rapping over the phone, and he's like, sign him. Oh. Shine was poised to become the next Biggie Smalls, which obviously are some pretty big shoes to fill. Yes. And with his raw talent, his bellowing voice, and of course his mentor, Puff Daddy, vouching for him, it certainly seemed possible at the time. Although there were some people who were kind of hating on him, like, oh, what he's trying, he's trying to sound like Biggie. Right. Because he had this low voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would see what he looked like and he's like this tall, skinny guy. Yeah. They're like, oh, that doesn't look like Biggie at all. But, uh, you know. Skinny Biggie. (laughs) Skinny Biggie. Uh, so he was kind of like poised to be this. Right. Like, oh, he's the next big talented rapper. He's going to be bigger than anything. Okay. It was astonishing how all of a sudden Shime was everywhere, even though he seemed to come out of nowhere. And in 1998, he made his debut on the remix of Total Sittin' at Home. That same year, he appeared on the Mace song from scratch. And the following year, he was on the remix for 112's song Anywhere. 
and everyone was patiently waiting for his debut solo album. Right. He didn't he did a feature on on Puff Daddy's album yeah. that year. Like he was doing all these They're kind features. of building him up for his like album to drop. Absolutely. On October 1st, 1999, Shine was at Puff Daddy's Manhattan recording studio, Daddy's House, with Lil Kim and Lil Cease. At around 1.30, Shine went down to the bar, which was called Club Monaco, to have a drink. At the bar, he got into an altercation with a man named Damian Walker. Shine then left the bar with a woman, and they headed back to the studio. When the pair entered the lobby, shots rang out and shattered the glass door of the building. The spray of glass hit the woman that Shine was with, and that seriously injured her. She had to have 38 stitches. <gasps> oh, my God. Now, fortunately, the bullets missed both of them. Okay. So Shine was not hurt. The cops were alerted to two men who were sitting outside in a red Mercedes, and that car sped off as the cops approached to question them. The driver was caught up with and arrested, but the passenger escaped on foot and had disposed of the gun. After this incident, Shine suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, which prompted him to buy a gun for protection. Now, flash forward to December 27th. This is where shit hits the fan. (laughs) At around midnight on December 27th, this is like two months after this shooting had gone down. This is 1999. 19-year-old Shine attended Club New York in Manhattan with Puff Daddy and his then-girlfriend, Jennifer Lopez. What was the club called? Club New York. Okay. You remember when they were dating. Yes. That was like, the media was like kind of up in arms about that. Yes. Because it was like, no, why are you... You're like this upscale actress. It was like a class kind of thing almost, right? Like It was like a class and a race thing yeah. probably. It was just weird. They were They were like she's too good for him, but it was like he's fucking rich and famous too. <laughs> like it was so weird. It was like why wouldn't she be with he him? He was more successful than her at that point. It was kind of similar to when Whitney started dating Bobby Brown, I think. A little bit too. Like why is yeah. she cuz they have this idea of who they are, the women do you know what I mean? Like as if they're too, they have a false idea of who these women are as well. It's all this projection. It was like a big deal when they started dating. Yes. Because she was really big at that time. And he, like we said before, was really famous on his own right. He wasn't just like a um, publishing or whatever producer. Yeah. So also in attendance at the club was Puff Daddy's bodyguard, Anthony Wolf Jones. Their driver, Wardell Fenderson, waited outside in a Lincoln Navigator. Now, this driver, he was waiting outside to pick them all up when they were done at the club. However, Puff Daddy and Jennifer Lopez, they had arrived from their home, Puff Daddy's home in the Hamptons, via limo. Okay. So this was like two separate cars during this night is happening. Now, reports differ about the events that transpired next, and boy, do they differ. Okay. What we do know for sure is that at 2.30 a.m., Puff Daddy became involved in an altercation with fellow club goer Matthew Scar Allen. Puff Daddy may have bumped into Allen, prompting a back-and-forth verbal altercation. Then, apparently, somebody threw a wad of money at Puff Daddy, and that just escalated the fight. That was like the last straw that somebody threw all these bills in his face. That's when the shots rang out. (gasps) 
Reports said between three and six bullets were fired. The bullets struck three different innocent bystanders oh, no. bystanders at the club. Those victims were 29-year-old Natalia Rubin. She was shot in the face. <gasps> 39-year-old Robert Thompson was shot in the shoulder. And 27-year-old Julius Jones was also shot in the shoulder. Several different club goers went on to testify that they saw Shine firing a gun. But... There were some others who said they saw Puff Daddy holding a gun as well. Ooh. Chaos ensued as the club emptied out onto the streets. As Shine exited the club, he was immediately arrested outside. In his possession was a 9mm gun that ballistic tests showed had fired two shots. Meanwhile, Puff Daddy, Jennifer Lopez, and his small entourage jumped into a Lincoln Navigator and sped off. A police car immediately began chasing them. Sirens were blaring, but the Lincoln Navigator sped through 11 red lights. Whoa. In an attempt to evade them. I don't remember this police chase. I don't either. I mean, it was was an 11 block police chase, but it was still... That seems like running red lights too. It seems pretty dramatic. It it was a dramatic police chase, even though it wasn't for a long period of time. Right. Eventually... The Lincoln Navigator was stopped by another police car coming at them. So Puff Daddy, Jennifer Lopez, and the driver and the bodyguard were all arrested. Oh, my God. Inside the Lincoln, police found a gun on the floor of the passenger seat, which is where Puffy's bodyguard was sitting. The gun was determined to have been stolen in Atlanta the previous summer. So that was like a big, uh uh-oh, this isn't even their gun. Whose gun is this? Right. Police also recovered a similar weapon on the street that was handed over to them by an informant who claimed that it had been thrown out of the Lincoln during the chase. So this is three guns now in this scenario. Now there was a fourth gun (gasps) alleged to have been shot inside the club as evidenced by shell casings that were left behind. These shell casings were different from the ones that were seized. Puffy... Lopez and the bodyguard and driver were all questioned for several hours at the station. I don't know if you remember the headlines of J-Lo being arrested. Yes. This is before she was J-Lo. She was Jennifer Lopez. Right. At this no, I point. remember. But she was, I mean, they were all handcuffed to a bench at the station. Yeah. And it was like so dramatic that this A-list star... Right, and it fed into what people were already thinking about the couple. Like, see, she got arrested being with him. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she, of course, she didn't do anything. She was never charged with anything, and she was released. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. 
I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. Puffy, however, was charged with two counts of gun possession, and Jones the, the, and Fenderson were charged with one count each. The three men were all released on bail. Shine, however, was charged with three counts of attempted murder, (gasps) assault, reckless endangerment, and gun possession. Whoa. A couple days later, Puffy and his lawyer hosted a press conference where he stated, quote, On Sunday evening, I went to Club New York and under no circumstances whatsoever have anything to do with the shooting. I do not own a gun, nor did I possess a gun that night. He reiterated it several times that he had nothing to do with the shooting in the club, and he also expressed that he felt terrible for the people that were hurt that night. Now, I watched this press conference, which is on YouTube, and it is insane. Not Puff Daddy's statement, but the lawyer takes over after that. Like, Puff Daddy gives this brief statement that's just like, I am not, I do not have a gun. The carefully written lines. It was yeah. very carefully written. And the lawyer, this guy, Slovis, Harvey Slovis, he is like <laughs> so Sorry, new. Dude, the he name. Is, he is the most New York fucking lawyer you've ever heard. Like just his, yeah. it's so over the top and he's such a hard ass. Like he's like, I'm not taking that question. Next question. Like he's yeah. so, he's like very combative with the press. And, and But there's people, the press is also laughing because like he has all these like he's so combative that it's comical. Yes. Like he does not give a fuck. He, this lawyer passionately declared that the witnesses who claimed to see his client pull out a gun at the club were lying. 
He went on to blame the media for demonizing his client and twisting the story. He said that him and Jennifer Lopez didn't even take the link into the club. They had arrived via limo. So Uh how were they to know that there was a gun in the car? So... Yeah, that press conference happened. This is a huge story now. Yeah. The press is having a field day with all of this. Shine said that after this arrest, his relationship with Puffy immediately changed. He told the Village Voice in 2001, quote, We would speak only through lawyers. He was afraid to put my album out because he wanted to distance himself from me. My contact with him was never personal. There was never a concern as... Do you need help? Is everything all right? Do you need anything? It was like that. Now, I forgot how young Shine was yeah. at this time because this all occurred when I was young. Right. I was 13. When, so you just think everyone's older. Yeah, he was only 19. That's so young. So young. There were speculations that Puffy was going to pay for Shine's defense, but Shine said that that wasn't true. He actually paid for his own defense. He used up most of his advance for his oh, from the right, record company right. to pay for all his legal fees. Puffy should have paid for it. I think so. Yeah. Uh, both Shine and Puff Daddy were indicted on the charges that were brought against them. The two men who were wounded in the shooting filed suits against Puff Daddy, and Natalia would later file her own suit. Okay. So Harvey Slovis, the lawyer, the one at the press conference, he said, quote, everybody is coming out of the woodwork to sue him. Ugh. Jennifer Lopez released a statement saying that at no point did she see Puffy with a gun and that she stands beside him. So... Like I said before, the press had a field day because this story really seemed right out of like a gangster movie. Yeah. With this, you know, the beautiful actress. Yes. And her boyfriend with the gun at the nightclub. Yeah. And the, and the you know, soon to be the aspiring, you know. Almost star. Almost like, star yeah. rapper, the protege. Yeah. Entangled in all of this. And what happened? Who had a gun? Yeah. It's very dramatic. The papers also reminded the public that the previous year, Puff Daddy had been charged with assaulting record executive Steve Stout. On April 16, 1999, Steve claimed that Puffy and two of his associates beat him with a phone, a chair, and a champagne bottle in an office building. The beatdown was alleged to have occurred because Puff Daddy was mad about the final product of the Nas video that he was in. (laughs) Uh, I don't Sorry. know if you remember this video. It was, Which video was it? Was it was for Nas's song, Hate Me Now. And it was, he was, it's like Jesus. Okay. It's like he's carrying a cross and the, there's a oh thorn. Yeah. It's like a very like, you know. Over the top. Over the top. It's like, I'm Jesus. Yeah. And so in the video, Puff Daddy is hanging from a cross at one point. Oh my God. But he was angry upon watching the video. He's like, I don't want to be on a cross. Take this out. And they're like, we can't take it out. It's a major plot point. It's a major plot po- <laughs> It's a major plot point in the Hate Me Now music video. We can't just take this out. I don't really understand like I don't know if it was like like what was it some angle he didn't like because he filmed this video. I have to say like I don't really like Puff Daddy as a person. Like in general, he just seems kind of annoying to me. <laughs> like he always has yeah. like even though I like some of his songs and obviously I'm not saying that he's not a talented whatever. Just as a person, he just seems kind of annoying to me. Like, such an overinflated ego. 
in a way like that's annoying. Like sometimes I can deal with it if it's backed up by real talent. You're like, oh, yeah. well, they're really great. <laughs> well, like I said before, it's not like he was ever a great rapper. Uh, do you remember at the Source Awards when Suge Knight was like, you know, <laughs> you're not going to see me dancing in the background of the oh, video. Yeah. No, that's totally. hilarious. He that was like such a good fucking roast. Like he roasted Sean. Dude, absolutely. That was one of the all-time dunks. What was what was the um what was it for? I can't remember what the event. I know it, it was, was the, the Source, Source Awards. Awards. There was like some what was the was it like a lifetime achievement award or no, something? No, I don't remember what. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I just recently watched this. Dude, I don't remember what the award was for, but he was based and they mean it ends with him going come to death row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which of course right. when this when this happened, this is during the height of the East it Coast. It was the height. So it was an insane thing to do. Like, it was during the height of the East Coast, West Coast feud that was happening. No, it made Suge Knight look like a fucking like insane. <laughs> like It was crazy. I, I think we've talked about my insane fear of Suge Knight. Of course. Like, I was deathly afraid of him. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because he did shit like that where you're like, that is insane. Like, I'm scared <laughs> of this person. He doesn't care. Like, like, I've watched that clip so many times in my lifetime. Did you see that clip that's kind of new with Big Daddy Kane? I'm sorry. <laughs> where he's like getting a tribute and then he comes out at the end his age now and does this whole dance <gasps> it's so incredible i just saw it like last week and i watched it like 15 times did you like big daddy of Kane? course I, I feel like you were a big daddy Kane how do you stand? not like big daddy Kane? he like, was hot he's hot but he's like also has a sense of humor yeah <laughs> so yeah uh puffy in this incident where he allegedly issued a beat down with his associates to this record exec he wound up pleading out, and he got a great deal. He only had to complete one anger management class. Whoa. He was facing jail time for that. Yeah. But that's what happened. Now, a couple of months later, in response to this Puffy's arrest for the alleged beatdown of the record exec, he told Kurt Loder at MTV News, quote, I basically went into his office, and what happened in his office, I really can't speak about, but I can say this. The way I handled myself in his office was completely wrong, and I've since apologized to Steve about that. And I felt like, you know, I just disappointed myself. I felt like I disappointed the hip-hop community because everything I do, I'm trying to be a team player in taking hip-hop to the next level. And I felt like, you know, how you say something or you do something... And right that second, after you do it, you're like, oh, why did I do that? Basically just played myself. I really made a major mistake. I let my emotions get the best of me, and I made a mistake. Puff Daddy also denied that he broke Steve's jaw because he oh. got really badly beaten, this guy. Jesus. And he also denied that he hit him with a bottle or a chair. Whoa. Amidst all of this bad press... Shine's debut single, Bad Boys, was released in May. Oh. So May of 2000, this is five months after the shooting, right. less than five months, his self-titled, or his first single comes out, okay. Bad Boys. And it's a hit. And you got to name your, one of your songs Bad Boys. <laughs> well, it's, it's Bad Boys with a Z. Okay. And he's on Bad Boy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's on the bad boy label. Yes. So it makes sense. So this song's a great song. I, I was listening to this a bunch while I was writing this episode, and it took me right back to, like, you know, early days of high school. Yeah. Like, going to parties and freak dancing with guys. 
and like getting drunk. Like, oh man, this yeah. song was like a major throwback for me. It's featuring Barrington Levy. Like it's right. it's a good it's a good one. And Shine's self titled debut album came out later that year in September. So okay. talk about press before your album. Yeah. I mean, I, the, at the time, Bad Boy was also, there was like, you know, they had reservations like, are we even going to release this guy's album? Yes. Is it even going to happen? But I think, you know, I don't know if it helped sell more records or created more intrigue or what. Right. I mean, it doesn't seem like the type of thing that would destroy someone's album unless they were like a Christian, like gospel singer or something. Like anything in the pop realm, I think would be like, cool. Like they're in a gunfight or whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I can kind of go with rock and roll or any type of like edgier music, but like, I can't think of someone who would be destroyed by it unless they had a good girl image maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Did, Did it do well? Yeah, it did do well. Um, I mean, it reached the Billboard charts. It wasn't like as big as, you know, Destiny's Child was that year or right. what other things. And Sync had an album that came out that year too. And, uh, you know, but it, it did well. Uh, the trial for Shine, Puff Daddy and bodyguard Anthony Jones, they had a joint tri- trial. All of them, even though Puff Daddy really wanted, he wanted a separate trial. I kind of remember the visuals of them sitting there, like during the trial. They had it was all drawings. I guess they didn't have cameras. Yeah, the drawings. But it was like all of them together. It's always weird when people get tried together. To me, totally, it is weird. So, but they had this trial all together. It began January of two thousand one. Puffy hired Johnny Cochran as one of his defense attorneys. Oh. So Puff Daddy had like uh, this guy Braffman and Johnny Cochran on his team, and they're like high powered. I mean, Johnny best, Cochran, yeah. if you want to get out of trouble. Well, and that's got to help the, the lesser, uh, you know, defendants. No. To ha- it doesn't? No. So, so he's totally defending himself at their expense. Uh, he's. Yeah, I mean, th- those are his lawyers. Like the trial right. is going on at the same time, but they're they're defending Puffy. His defense doesn't necessarily help them in any way. No, <laughs> and okay. we will see that as the trial unfolds. See, that's extra unfair. Yes. Well, he had all the money. Yeah, he had the most money, obviously, and he's a multimillionaire at this point. Yeah, Shine is like just paying for everything from the advance he got. Yeah, so. In the opening statements, Puffy's lawyer, Benjamin Braffman, charged that that the public was selectively persecuting his client because he said that he's a rapper and a celebrity and they're treating him unfairly because of it and they're pushing this gangster image onto him because he's a rapper. Right. The prosecution fired back that it was actually his celebrity that caused Puff to be able to walk into a club without being searched for weapons. Oh. You yeah. know, that he could just do whatever he wants. That's right. The rules don't apply to him. So this is what the prosecution's going with. Defense attorney Braffman said that his client sped away in the Lincoln Navigator because he was fleeing the shots fired at the club. Prosecutor Bogdanos replied with, You're Puff Daddy. Where are you going? Peru? What? <laughs> There are some great quotes from this trial. What does that even mean? To Peru. Why Peru? Why of all places, Peru? <laughs> That's so crazy. 
I feel like he could have come up with a better. Maybe the Hamptons. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't even know what his joke was. Where like, are you going back home to the Hamptons? Yeah. I don't know. He could have come up. He should have workshopped this. Peru. I mean, P- Puffy's not known for going to Peru. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> Covering the trial for the New York Times was Catherine Finkelstein. Uh, this is an excerpt from her coverage, and this is like the most old white bitch thing I've ever heard. Oh my God. It is so funny. I laughed out loud when I read this paragraph. Mr. Combs and his entourage, known for their display of wealth, called bling bling in the rap world. Oh my God. Made a clear attempt at moderation yesterday. Mr. Combs' mother, Janice, tucked her long platinum blonde hair beneath a dark, broad-brimmed hat, and her fingernails, often silver and frosted, were now clear and pale. There were few furs, spiked heels, or leather pants to distract the jurors. What the hell? (laughs) I don't know why this... I mean, look, I appreciate it, but this this broad who wrote this talked so much about what people were wearing in the courtroom. Seriously, that's like such a detailed description of... Was that just the mom or other women? Oh, I mean, that was just the mom that she was describing, Uh Puffy's mom. But she went on to describe various people and it was like, oh, it's this big rap spectacle happening and what are they going to be wearing in the courtroom? It's like, they're wearing fucking suits. Bling, bling. No, they're not wearing... (laughs) They're not in a music video. They're going to court. Like, they're not wearing anything interesting. Embarrassing. Yeah. One of the three victims, Robert Thompson, testified that he saw a fight break out, followed by money flying up in the air, and then he heard a shot. The bullet ripped through his shoulder and he dropped to the floor. When he looked up, he saw Shine holding a literal smoking gun. (gasps) Thompson said that he heard four shots total. The other victim, Julius Jones, testified that he saw both Shine and Puff Daddy with guns. During Cross, Jones was grilled about the lawsuit that he had filed against all three defendants and Bad Boy Entertainment. Was he just looking for a payout? This is what the defense was grilling him on. Yeah. Well, are you just looking for a payout? You want to shake down my client. Jones said that he wouldn't have filed the suit had his work not suffered from his injury and had he didn't owe a $17,000 hospital bill. I mean, I don't really have a problem if someone gets a payout after they got shot. <laughs> like, I don't really see what the gotcha is there. It's like, yeah. of course he's going to sue the people who have the most money or he's going to include them in her case. That's like the typical thing to do. Like, right. you're not going to get anything from Shine. Right. Like, and if Puff was in the same party, like, it's reasonable, I think, to sue them. Absolutely. And these people are innocent victims. I know. They, they weren't, weren't even involved anything. in the argument. Like, <laughs> they were just standing. Yeah. The emergency room doctor who treated Natalia Rubin after she had been shot in the fucking face. Dude, that's awful. Miraculously, she survived. But this doctor testified that while he was treating her, she said, I was shot by Puffy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A security guard at the club also testified to having witnessed the fight, followed by money flying up in the air. He said that he then saw Shine reach for something, but he never saw what was in his hands. Then he heard the shot. A 24-year-old woman who was at the club that night had previously testified for the grand jury that Puff Daddy had a gun, but on the stand at the trial, she changed her statement. She said she wasn't really sure anymore what she saw. She did, however, state that she saw Shine fire a gun. She said that she saw his arms outstretched and that he was aiming at the club goer who had gotten into the altercation with Puffy. Okay. 
The driver of the Lincoln, Wardell Fenderson, testified against Puff Daddy. Ooh. He alleged that Puffy bribed him with a $50,000 diamond pinky ring that Jennifer Lopez had gifted him so he would say that the gun was his. (gasps) He said that he had seen Puffy put a gun in his waistband just before entering the club. He waited for Puffy, Lopez, and the bodyguard outside of the club before a crowd of people rushed out screaming. Fenderson said that Puffy, Lopez, and the bodyguard jumped into the car and frantically yelled at him to drive and not stop. Then he said that Jennifer Lopez said, Shine busted in the air. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot picture her saying that. Yeah, that seems false to me. That is like slang she picked up from dating Puff Daddy. (laughs) Shine busted in the air. (laughs) Busted in what, a nut? Yeah, what did he he bust, (laughs) J-Lo? Shine busted in the air. Why would you say that? (laughs) Was she like excited? Oh my God. She's also 30 at this point. I know. Come on. (laughs) Look, it's just, it's funny. I just can't picture her saying that. I can't I believe she said it. Possibly. I believe she said it. Look. I don't, I I bet you it came off real like cringe. I'm just just saying, that's what I mean. I believe she said it, but I don't believe it landed well. No. Believe it sounded stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Fenderson also testified to having witnessed what he thought was Puffy in the backseat disposing of a gun out the window. He said that the bodyguard also had a gun in his waistband. While they were at the station following the arrest, Fenderson claimed that Anthony Wolf Jones, who was the bodyguard, threatened him into taking the money and that he feared for his safety. He told police that the gun was his. Okay. After this, after he's like, just take the money. But soon after, he changed his mind and told the police, actually, it wasn't his. I was told to say this. Or it wasn't Uh mine. I was told to say this. So a few days later, after Puffy pays for all the bail, he puts up all the money for bail. He hires lawyers for uh, Fenderson and Wardell. I mean, sorry, Fenderson and uh, Jones, bodyguard and the driver. Fenderson told Puffy that he had recanted his statement to the police. Fenderson said that Puffy and his associates called him over a dozen times, urging him to just take the money in return for claiming ownership of the gun. Fenderson told Puffy that he quit as his driver. But when Fenderson lost his other driving job, he called Puffy up again. Oh, man. And he was like, hey, I just lost my job. I'm going to get my job back. (laughs) The next day... Puffy left a voicemail on his machine saying that he could take care of him and his family. Oh. And Fenderson told the court, he's like, I took that to mean that name your price. Yeah. For saying that this was your gun. Right. He didn't have a rap sheet. He's like, you'll only get probation. Yeah. Puff Daddy testified in his own defense, and he said that he did not know who fired the shots but that he had heard them and he got on the floor, fearing that they were meant for him. During cross-examination, the prosecutor attempted to highlight Puffy's hot temper and history of outbursts. Then he asked, do you recognize this man? And then a man dramatically stood up (gasps) from the audience. It's always really dramatic when they do that. That's very, and they're like pointing. Yes, (laughs) So this guy stands up, and it's a photographer from the New York Post who the prosecutor claimed was threatened with a gun by Puffy oh, in 1995. Like a paparazzi? or Yes. Yeah. 
Puffy denied that he ever threatened him with the gun, and he said that when he asked, the photographer gave up the film out of his camera willingly. So Mm. Puffy didn't want him taking pictures. Yeah. But he's like, you threatened him with a gun to give you the film, and not only did you threaten him with a gun, but you brought, like, your friends to intimidate this guy, like, the guys he was with that day. Shine's defense attorney brought in two witnesses. The first was a club goer who testified that he saw a man wearing denim involved in an altercation shoot a gun. He said that he had seen that same man in the bathroom earlier in the night and overheard him say that he wanted to rob Puffy. So they're like, that's the guy. That's the guy in the altercation. He fired the first shot. Right. The second witness was a ballistics expert who testified that the bullet that was recovered from Natalia Rubin's head did not come from Shine's gun. Okay. Now, Shine's main defense was that this was self-defense, that he did not fire the first shot. He he, heard the shot and then he fired. Yes. Or that, and also um, that like he had only fired into the air. Okay. Shine fired two shots into the air. Because he said he wanted to clear a path to get them out of the club safely because he was afraid of this wolf guy. Okay. Not wolf. um, Scar. Right. Scar Scar is the guy at the club who is threatening Puff Daddy during the fight. He throws the money at him. Shine gets scared. He wants to protect his mentor and his boss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. During closing statements, Puff Daddy's lawyer accused the state's witness as being unreliable and looking for a payout. He also called the driver, Fenderson, a deadbeat dad. (gasps) Whoa. You never want to be called that in court. No. A deadbeat dad. That's on record. Then you're, uh, everyone thinks you're just bad. (laughs) No one likes deadbeat dads. (laughs) (laughs) That was like on Twitter this week. When some moron said, well, at least Hitler wasn't a deadbeat dad. <laughs> Do you remember that? He had some pros and cons. <laughs> Shine's lawyer told the court that, yes, his client did have a gun in his possession, but that he fired the shots into the ceiling. Like I said, that he only fired the shots to escape Matthew Scar Allen, the man fighting Puffy. And I'd be scared of someone named Scar. To well, be honest. From the Lion King. <laughs> Scar is like a villain. <laughs> if your name Scar, you're a villain, right? Because you're trying to scare me. <laughs> right. That's a scary name. Yeah. I don't know it's why. A, it's a very villainous name. Yeah. We know from Scar from the Lion King. Absolutely. One of the great all-time villains. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think he's hot. Well, because villains can be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> now... Shine feared for, like, the lawyer saying that Shine feared for his life, and Alan had also threatened to kill him during the, during the altercation. Of course. He said, I'm going to kill you, Shine. Whoa. That's personal. <laughs> it was personal. In the end, 
Puff Daddy was found not guilty, as was Anthony Wolf Jones. Shine, however, was found guilty on five of the eight charges. No. Assault, weapons charges, and reckless endangerment. Fortunately, he was not found gu- he was found not guilty on attempted murder. Oh, I mean that seems fair. I mean, look, he should it wasn't not, he should not have shot a gun in a club, but I do feel It's bad. not attempted murder though. It's not attempted murder. It's a, it's like manslaughter. It's like attempted man like right? Cuz reckless. It's accident, reckless it's killing. It's reckless yeah. endangerment. Yeah. He was remanded to jail as he awaits sentencing. Shortly after the verdict, Shine's interview ran in the Village Voice, and this was a very personal interview. I was surprised; like he really bared his soul Aww. in this interview, and it's it's online. It's by Peter Noel wrote the article. This is a quote from that interview. I never really wanted to admit this. I was in a state of denial because I am such a loyal person. I could understand if I was just another guy, but I am somebody that you groomed, somebody that you showed the ropes to, and to just leave me hanging there, nobody speaking up for me, nobody trying to spin it my way, nobody trying to show that there were other guns fired inside the club, nobody trying to show that the shots were in the ceiling, nobody trying to show that this was clearly self-defense. Everyone's trying to make the two shots that was supposed to be fired from the gun that I had, this desperado at the OK Corral. <gasps> Shine also believed that, the, that a witness lied in order to protect Puffy. There was one witness that testified specifically for Puffy's defense, that uh-huh. his defense team had called in. Uh, she was a security guard working at the club that night, and... Uh, this security guard said that she had like jumped or fallen on top of Puffy when the gun first gunshot rang out. So like say impl- like saying that Puffy couldn't have possibly had a gun and basically right. like basically her testimony implicated Shine. Okay. So he was really like, What the fuck? Like you like you could have not had someone that could have implicated me. Like you all you had to do was prove that you didn't do it. Right. Why did you have to Go the extra mile. Implicate me in your defense. Like, this is fucked. Like, we're all going against the state right now. There, This is another quote from that same interview. There are no boundaries to what he would do to exonerate himself. I had the Bible in front of me, and I was just praying that he wouldn't continue to lie. He sort of took himself out of the situation that we were never involved in meeting together that night. Shine was also heartbroken that... Puff Daddy had led, had like told some people like, oh, we didn't even go to the club with him that night. Like, I'm not even close friends with him. Right. And Shine's like, I lived in your house. Right. You were my mentor. Ugh, I, you see, know. I was right about Puff. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like feeling genuine betrayal from Puff Daddy yeah. at this point. Like, you left me hanging out to dry. I mean, like I said before, he's 19 years old. Yeah. He's like. And this is like a father figure to him, probably, some in a way. Yeah, even though Puffy's only like 11 years older. Right, but he's like mentoring him and, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, he's definitely like, you know, someone he's looking up to, someone yeah. that he aspires to to be like maybe in some capacity. Ah, yeah. So this is a real heartbreak for Shine. Shine was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Whoa. In 2004, while he was locked up, Shine released his second album, Godfather Buried Alive, with Def Jam. Most of the songs were recorded prior to him being locked up, save for one song. Uh, This song was called For the Record, and he recorded it over the phone. And this was a diss track aimed at 50 Cent. 
Wait, what? <laughs> Where did he come from? <laughs> well, it's 2004. I know, but what beef would they have? Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> 50, who is famous for having beefs with people. Yeah. Look, I am a 50 fan. I'm a fan too. Look, 50 Cent provided a lot of the soundtrack to my high school experience. <laughs> he was very big in these days. Absolutely. Okay. 50 had gone on to the radio station Hot 97, and during a freestyle, he took a shot at Shine. Whoa. Like, he clowned on him. Yeah. You know? Meanwhile, Shine had been in talks with G-Unit to sign with them. Okay. So he's like, you want to sign me, but you're dissing me on the radio? Right. What the fuck? He thought he was being shady. In a 2004 interview with MTV News, Shine expressed his ire at Puffy's defense, calling in a witness that implicated him. He said that that witness was actually way worse for him than any of the prosecution's witnesses. Yeah. Like, they're like, what? Yeah. He's fucking pissed. He's still pissed at this point. Of course. He's not even calling him by name. He's calling him my co-defendant, as he would do for, like, a decade. Yeah. He would refer to Puff Daddy, who, by the way, he's going by, like, P. Diddy at this point. Yes. He changed his name right after the shooting. Was that right when it happened? I mean, it was, like, pretty soon after. Right. He was yeah. going by Sean Puffy Combs and then P. Puff Diddy. Daddy. No, he was Puff Daddy first. Yeah, Puff Daddy. Okay, Puff Daddy yeah. was first in the 90s. Right. And then after like this after this trial So happened, Sean Puffy Combs was second. Well, he I think he was always Sean Puffy Combs. But he was trying to get more known by Sean Combs, I think, for a while. Because uh, yeah. didn't he have like a line? Sean John. But he also had like a cologne, I think. Sean John. <laughs> it was it all Sean John? Sean John. Yeah. So I don't <laughs> know. Look, I don't... <laughs> I don't know the exact timeline of when the name changes happened, but I do know it went like this. Puff Daddy. P. Diddy. Diddy. Okay, so now it's just Diddy. Yes. Okay. Now it's just Diddy. I think Diddy is better than P. Diddy. No, it, well, it's better than P. Diddy. <laughs> but I think Puff Daddy, you should have stuck to Puff Daddy. Why would you not stick to Puff Daddy? It's, I really do not like P. Diddy. I don't even, yeah. No, I don't P. even Diddy, know. When I remember when the name change happened, it was like insane that you would pick P. Diddy. Right. <laughs> it was also like one of those things. That's something that other, that's another thing people always call me. It's like, we've never heard P. Diddy before. <laughs> yeah, well, we, didn't, we didn't hear How about this. How come we've never heard it before? <laughs> but didn't he act like it was like another one of his names? That, I don't even know. I feel like. But some people, like the press was speculating like, oh, he wants to distance himself. Right. He wants right, to right, re- right. rebrand. Here's why I don't believe him, any of his defenses, because I feel like he made a major lie that just shows me he's covering up everything. When he said, how could the guns be in the Navigator when we drove in a limo? It's like, yeah, you brought the guns into the club. That's why they ended up in the Navigator later. Like, right, right. He acted like that was some slam dunk defense. Right. When it's just not, a, it's not at all. Like, right. Now, Puffy refuted the assertion that he brought in this witness to fuck over Shine. He said that he did not force anybody or tell anyone to say anything that would damage or hurt Shine's case. While in prison, Shine got in touch with his roots, becoming a practicing Orthodox Jew. Oh. In 2006, he actually changed his name to Moses Michael Levy Barrow. Shine was released from prison in 2009 after serving almost nine years. <gasps> Damn, he was there almost the whole sentence. Yeah. And Desi 
fucking ICE detained him after he was released. And they deported him. He got deported? He got deported back to Belize. Holy shit. He can't catch a break. That's fucked up. Isn't that awful? Is he still in Belize? Well, yes, but he did move a bit. By the way, in 2008, Shine's father became the first black prime minister of Belize. Oh, cool. So his dad's prime minister of Belize. Uh, He didn't really have a relationship with his dad growing up. His parents were never married. But that's a nice bonus. Well, yeah. (laughs) If you have to go back to Belize. This will tie in later, I promise. Now, in 2010, he moved to Israel where he continued his studies of Judaism. He studied with Orthodox rabbis in Jerusalem. He also did a track with Madish Yahoo. Because I guess if you you, become an Orthodox Jew... Yeah, and you're practicing whatever you got to do a hit with modest, modest <laughs> Yahoo. <laughs> Who, as far as I know, he just had that one song ten years ago. I'm sure he has other songs. Absolutely. Look, look, um, he was all he, those he, other Orthodox rappers need to look. He was like the Jewish Snow. <laughs> Let's be real here. Uh, in 2011, the suits that the three victims had filed against Puffy were oh, right. they were finally settled out of court. That is a long time. That's to really long. Wait for that money. He should have just fucking paid them off right away. What was he thinking? At the very least, pay the dude's hospital bill. Seriously, pay the seventeen grand. That's chump change to him. Yeah. Uh, and this year, in June of 2020, Shine, who is now living in Belize, announced that he is running for the House of Representatives. Ooh. And plot twist: Puffy endorsed him on his own Instagram page. <laughs> And this broke the internet. It didn't really break the internet, yeah. but it broke whoever was following Shine on Instagram and Puff Daddy on Instagram. So he's Instagram. running for House of Representatives in, in Belize. In Belize. Uh-huh. Puffy shared uh, this picture of him, of Shine, and he was like, vote for my boy, hashtag bad boys for life. And everyone's commenting like, whoa, you guys are talking again. Like, whoa, like you guys yeah. don't hate each other anymore. Is that... True? Have they made up? I guess, because then Shine shared a throwback picture of him and Puffy together and was like, throwback Thursday. Wow, this seems like a lifetime ago. What's going on here, I wonder? I think they're (laughs) friends, but you know who else supports his run, according to the comments, is Busta Rhymes left some very nice emojis. Ooh. Very nice emojis for Shine. By the way... This is like completely random, but this weekend I was researching some football players for something <laughs> and then I clicked, you know how you click through on Wikipedia's like to another name that's like hyperlinked? Yeah. And there was a football player, I can't remember what team it is, so don't yell at me, but it, his name was Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes? Buster Rhymes. So it's like this old football player. And I was like, that's weird. Oh, he's an old football <laughs> he's player. He's an old football player named Buster Rhymes. And then I, I read that, um, I can't remember who maybe it was Chuck D, is the one who suggested to Buster Rhymes to name yourself after this football player. Oh. So that's why he, how he came up with Buster Rhymes. Look, <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't either, but I was like, that's a fun fact. Because like, I always wondered like, how his name came about. I, uh, do, I am a big fan of Buster. Also, it was like, such a weird name to see in print not being Buster Rhymes, right. but Buster Rhymes. <laughs> It sounded so stiff and like, but he was actually the original. You know what? I I wish Shine the best. Me too. And I also, you know, damn, I hope, you know, 
Good luck on your rate on your run. I mean, he's only like 39. No, 30, he's 42. 40. He's so young. He's still. so young. Like he could. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it, that's like when I realized like. That's like when I realized I'm like, wait, Nas is like 45. I think we <laughs> forget how young these rappers, a lot of them are when they get famous. You know what I mean? They're so and young. They're so young and they have like these huge careers and then, oh, sorry. Like even when they die, sometimes you're like, wait, they're only 23. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, I mean, how old Biggie was 24? Yeah. So Pac was 25, 26. They're so young, but they had been around forever. Like they were already like the old school, like you know, kings of hip hop at that time. Like, well, uh, they weren't old school, but they but were no, the But no, but I meant like, they were like, they were like the older ones with like all the new people coming on, even at the age of 25, they had been around a they while. They just had prolific careers yeah. already. Yeah, exactly. I didn't mean old school, like old school, like yeah. in the 80s, but like, right. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> they were already like the old, like the senior class or whatever of rap by the time yeah, they died. They were, yeah, they were on top. Yeah, they were on top. They were on top. I mean, so it is wild. I mean, I just thought like, I realized I'm like I can't believe we haven't told Shine's story yet because this was this was such a huge trial. This was probably the first huge celebrity trial of the 21st century. Yeah, I mean it was a big trial. Yeah, and it, it lasted a long time, didn't it? Well, the arrest was at the very end of '99, and then the trial began like two years later. Yeah, so they dragged a it year and it a half. Seemed later. like it was a long. Maybe time, it was yeah. a year later. It but that's a, a long later. time to wait. It was a year later that the trial began, and then Jennifer and him broke up during this period. In the middle of the trial, they broke up. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm gonna go talk to Ben Affleck. I think she probably stayed around longer than she wanted to to not make it look bad yeah. for him. Yeah, maybe or just feel bad. Like, yeah, oh, I she don't- felt bad. Like, I don't want to leave him now. Right. <laughs> during this, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, cool. That's I didn't know it. the story. I have to say, like, the trial wasn't that interesting to me when it was happening. Like, I knew the story, but I didn't really know the details of it. Um, But, yeah, it's interesting. I thought the pinky ring detail, I didn't remember that part. I mean, he so clearly bribed the people he had working for him. I don't doubt that there was some money or some uh, talks of bribery that was exchanged. I mean, why wouldn't they? Right. Why wouldn't he? Sorry. If I was rich, I'd probably pay people <laughs> Jesus, Desi. Well, like, if you have that option, I don't know. <laughs> Look at fucking Desi, shady Desi over here. You going to take your lumps or pay people off? Come on, Rachel. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's cool, it. Cool, shine. He, that's it, yeah. Well, uh, we'll have some pictures. We'll post some pictures mm-hmm. on our Instagram page. And I don't even remember what Shine looks like. He's cute. I'm going to look him up. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. He's still cute. He's 42 years old. Yeah. He still looks young. <laughs> Living it up in Belize. You know what? His life in Belize does not look so bad. It, it sounds great. I've always wanted to go to Belize. Where is that? Like South America? Central it's America? It's in Central America yeah. on the eastern coast. I feel like that's a place people always go for their honeymoon or something. I have wanted to go to Belize for as long as I can remember. And now I'm thinking, are they one of the countries that's letting Americans in? Because <laughs> we could move there, Desi. I guess. I'm going to have to investigate. We should investigate. Yeah. What's the spider situation like? What is the we'll food see. situation? Well, you, you know the food's going to be good. I don't know. What, I wonder what kind of food it is, though. It's going to be a like Caribbean. Like South American it's, or Caribbean? It's, gonna, yeah. it's not South America. It's Central America. Right, but, but it might have influences. It's, 
Caribbean food. It's Caribbean. I like Caribbean. Oh my God. It's one of my favorite foods, but I'm sure there's other influences from indigenous cultures. Uh, I'm just saying there's a lot of good food around that area. Oh, and those countries, all of those countries. Central America. Central America. uh, Yeah. You know what? I love Caribbean food. It's one Uh, of the best I'm so into like smat those green plantains. Plantains? Yeah, I could eat them so... I love them when they're green and smashed. Like they make them crispy. Yeah. They're so good with the hot sauce. There is this restaurant. This is uh, a Venezuelan restaurant. So South America. There is a Venezuelan restaurant that has like those smashed plantains... In Philadelphia. Yeah. Ooh. In Philadelphia of all places. Nice. One of the best fucking restaurants ever. It is so good. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There's not like, there must be a good Caribbean restaurant I don't know about here. The only place I've gone to is like Versailles, the Cuban. It's like, eh. Uh, you know what? Listeners from LA, please recommend a good Caribbean place. There's this one in Pasadena I've always wanted to try, but you want to get a recommendation, I think. Yeah. I like Haitian food, especially. I've been to some in South LA, like oh, yeah, in Ing- Inglewood, I've maybe, been to yeah. some. It's uh, so good. I used to always eat this Haitian dish called griot. <laughs> griot, that sounds familiar. It's like fried crunchy pork chunks. You eat it with like black Ooh. beans and rice and like plantains and like spicy sauce i order a haitian sauce online it's like so spicy and good it's made with like mango like it's like has like some kind of fruit in it like mango and carrot and spicy it's really good oh i'm craving it i know i'm craving it yeah i had a haitian cookbook for a while i used to make them okay sorry we got off track all right well Uh, (laughs) look we would love your recommendations for your favorite caribbean restaurant in los angeles Mm mm-hmm we and, authentic. and we will do some research if Desi and I, as a, as f- disgusting, filthy Americans, are allowed to move to Belize. <laughs> there are very few countries that are allowing Americans in right now. Is Belize on the list? We will find out soon okay. with Google. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>